You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Intercepted. I'm Justice Mosqueda, and I'm joined here by Dome Bishop. Say what's up, people, Dylan. What's up, Justice? How's, you, how's it going? That's not going, uh, you know, too good. Uh, Kenny Clark got put on the uh, COVID reserve today. Uh, my running back has an illness. It's, it's not a COVID-related illness, but not the best. It seems like uh, there's a lot of stuff flowing around the world, Dylan. There's like, fifth, th- there's like three teams with 15-plus guys out. Case Keenum is now apparently out for the Cleveland Browns. He's supposed to be starting on Saturday. He even practiced today. Um, this is just chaos. There's Saturday NFL games. No one's healthy. What's wrong with the world? Um, everything, uh, all at once. Uh, it's almost like there's different variants going around that are uh, kind of getting progressively worse because this virus keeps uh, circulating around the world. People won't uh, get rid of it. Yeah, and the NFL... Um, Recently, they just today worked a deal with the union where uh, the protocols are now changed, right? Um, It used to be if you're unvaccinated, there's still that 10-day period where you then have to test um, negative and then uh, go through like the uh, off-field workouts. Like they, they basically check your heart and stuff like that. And then you return to the field. The way that it used to work for the vaccinated players was you had to get uh, two negative tests more than 24 hours apart, uh, be asymptomatic, and then you could return to the field. Now it's like immediate. So if you get a positive test and then, you know, you test two hours later and it's negative and you're asymptomatic, you can just return to the field. And I think a lot of that is, I, I don't know how to say, uh, still pronounce it. Uh, Omicron? Is that how you say it? Omicron, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Optimus Prime, Megatron, Oprah, Amorosa. I don't know. I don't know what we got going on. I'm bad at reading in general. So, and, and speaking typically, which is why I host this podcast. But um, yeah, I guess, I guess a lot of it has to do with that, that strain and it being, I guess, more contagious, but also like less serious at the same time. I don't know. I'm not an epidemiologist. All I know is uh, the NFL is kind of changing the rules a little bit and it's going to get vaccinated players who are infected with the virus returns to the field faster if they test uh negative um but let's let's talk about dylan bishop dylan bishop is my good buddy we've been friends for dang probably like a decade at this point um you're WWE, at least half one. you're you're a wrestling uh aficionado um you're way more into wrestling which is surprising <laughs> because i've actually met like half of the dudes who like work for like wwe we had the same legal counsel with the XFL and stuff like that. So there was basically crossover. The buildings were across the street from uh, each other in Sanford, uh, Connecticut. But you are also the Madden Pals champion. And I'm giving you uh, some room to just talk crap to me. Um, we're, we're in a Madden league that has, I think it right now, it has like eight people in it. Um, typically, like we've had it up to like 20. And somehow 
I go undefeated against everyone else other than Dylan, who steals my crap and then beats me over the head with it. So here's your moment to shine, Dylan. Give it to me. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, styles make fights, and your style just uh, is a worse version of mine is what it uh, all comes down to. Listen, you're 0-5 against me. You've got zero rings. You just can't beat me. It's not going to happen. Listen, you had like a, what, 17, 18-point lead against me in the last Super Bowl, and then you blew it. You choked. You're Mickey Mouse skater. You go against, up against these these Mickey Mouse schedules. You just can't get it done. You know what it is? And it's I just I draft better players, I develop better players than you, and then I run your I run your stuff better than you do. You do run my stuff, and sometimes <laughs> it is better than me. That's the worst part of this league. And this league is now going into like year three, right? You usually play like two franchises each each version of Madden. The worst part is my stuff gets assimilated into the rest of the league, and then makes you guys better play. I'm like the Chip Kelly of the Madden Pals League. <laughs> it's uh it's great yeah we got john shipley has started as i really started improving uh john who who i woke up last night at uh like two o'clock in the morning eastern time because he covers the jaguars and i was like hey buddy it's time to wake up you got you got a job to do urban meyer got canned (laughs) yeah like uh john drafted in our fantasy draft uh anthony schwartz with his 98 speed or whatever he has uh just out of spite so that you couldn't get him and now he's one of his best players and uh, on his team, and he's uh, really helping John uh, take a foothold in the AFC. Maybe he'll uh, knock you off in the playoffs. This is how nerdy this Madden Pals League is uh, before before we move on and get to the uh, Ravens-Packers game that we want to get to. <laughs> we, we have – there are multiple people now in this league who, during the fantasy draft, use an outside client to, to basically build it <laughs> and drop, draft off of it. And there, there's, it's, it's starting to be like people drafting players, like you said, like John drafting players just because he knows I want fast receivers. It's been like fast receivers, fast corners. So now I have to build my team a different way. I get a 17 point lead, still can't close it with a running team. It's bad. It's terrible. Um, I hate it. It's the bane of my existence and I'll never quit it because I need that win. And I'm, I'm still chasing that dragon. Let's talk about um, Lamar Jackson, your quarterback. He's got an ankle injury. He hasn't practiced in two days. On Monday, Harbaugh came in hot, basically saying, you know, we expect Lamar to start. That dropped the line. The opening line opened up at uh, minus seven. Green Bay has seven-point road favorites. That hasn't happened since – or a line hasn't been that big on the Ravens being home underdogs since Ryan Mallett started a game for you guys, if you, if you can remember oh, God. all those years ago. Um, after Harbaugh's comments, the line dropped from uh, seven to five and a half. It might be around five now. I can't. It's moving around that range. It doesn't seem like Lamar is going to play. How nervous are you if Lamar can't play? Oh, buddy, I'm nervous if he does play. Uh, I mean, just because of, you know, the injury, a sprained ankle isn't exactly something that is going to be a, a quick heal. Uh, it's not exactly I wouldn't expect him to be 100 percent if you were out there, even though it's not a high ankle sprain. Uh, without Lamar, uh, I mean, Tyler Huntley has come in relief and done a serviceable job. But uh, frankly, frankly put, even with Lamar, I'm not expecting the Ravens come out with a win here. I'm just uh, looking for them to not get embarrassed. The other thing, too, is Lamar Lamar's looking for a contract. So I don't know how hard he's going to be pushing through these injuries. Plus, man, he's already got he's gotten COVID twice, too. 
Like this, he's been real unlucky this year for for as sturdy as. And he had a stomach been. flu. He had oh, a stomach yeah. flu like a week. That's why he didn't play uh, against the Bears. Uh, I think he's his just immune has system's the, the, kicking the his world's. Ass. Yeah, the world's worst immune system, really. I mean, uh, and he's really. He goes in on the uh, the natural immunity part of it, which uh, draw your own conclusions from that, I guess. But uh, yeah, just Tyler Huntley is probably going to play this game, and against the defense like the Packers, I'm not seeing it turn out too well. Like he's done a like I guess a serviceable job so far, but it's been a lot of like uh, simple concepts here. And against the Browns, it was a lot of prevent defense, especially at the, like towards the end of that game. Like there was a fourth and 11 where it was just a total blown coverage. No one covered Mark Andrews that probably should have put the game away while they were still down by multiple scores, but they just completely blew the coverage on Cleveland's part and let them continue that drive and get down and make it a one possession game. I have two stories for you with the uh, Ravens quarterback room. We could go into three, actually one Tyler Huntley. You're going to enjoy this because you're a wrestling guy. I think I've told you this story before. Tyler Huntley was not invited to the combine, right? This was when I was working with the XFL. Um, we, we had heard, you know, boss man comes down and Vince McMahon says, hey, how can we get on the ticker during the NFL combine? So me and Eric Galco come up with this scheme and we're like, we should sign the best quarterback who was invited to the combine to an XFL contract ends up being Tyler Huntley. We end up going back and forth for a while. Bossman says he wants something on the ticker. This would get us on the ticker. And then, you know, stuff doesn't end up breaking right. We realize it's kind of too late into the cycle, too late into the season. It's hard to get a quarterback kind of like a mid-season starting job. And then the pandemic hits, obviously. Um, but Tyler Huntley was like this close to being an XFL quarterback. I've really believed like what he was doing at Utah. He was really efficient. I don't know why he didn't really get a look by the NFL because it's not like he was like super small or anything he was an accurate quarterback I just don't know how how good those West Coast scouts are because if you watch Huntley he's not a starting caliber NFL quarterback right now but he's two years removed from being an undrafted free agent he very much looks like he's one of the top 64 quarterbacks in the league though right oh yeah definitely like he's coming and he kind of it's it's probably a little lazy and reductive to call him like a diet Lamar, but uh, considering that's who he's backing up. But I mean, he does come in and do a, he's able to do a lot of the same things. He's basically, you know, has similar athleticism. He doesn't have the like same change of direction quickness uh, laterally as Lamar, but he's got that like top end speed for a quarterback. And he's been able to hit these like, you know, short short area passes so far. A lot of times that's what Greg Roman's gone to when he's come in like nothing too deep down the field he's been able to do his part like I think at one point against Cleveland he was like 13 of 17 uh, with you know in the mid 100s for yards but uh, he's been able he's been quite serviceable like he is a guy that I'm very confident in like having him as the backup like he can do what you need him to do when Lamar is out specifically like you don't have to change the offense up much for Tyler Huntley this is great because it goes into my next story it's very hard to simulate what Lamar Jackson is in practice, right? You, you've seen it. Um, Cam Newton was the interesting one. What I, I believe there was a time when the Packers were going to play against Cam Newton and their scout team quarterback for that week 
was Julius Peppers, right? Because because <laughs> it, it's hard to stimulate someone like that. Lamar is kind of like that in a different way. Um, not in terms of like, I guess like the physical size, but like in terms of his quickness. I mean, um, Adrian Amos said that he's the fastest player he's ever seen in the open field. You know, not not just quarterbacks. Period at the NFL level. You know what I mean? So. It's hard to simulate that, especially for someone who has to pass the ball. Um, when we were with the XFL, it was before the season. So we had already signed the quarterbacks. We had signed PJ Walker to the Houston Roughnecks. Um, he was going to be their starting quarterback. And the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to play the Baltimore Ravens. And they wanted to sign him for one week on the practice squad so that he could simulate Lamar Jackson. And, and you know, we didn't allow it because it would break his contract. Um, but yeah, it's just weird. Like, I, I don't know who's going to be running scout team Lamar Jackson in, in practice for green Bay. Cause Jordan loves athletic, but he's not like that. You know what I mean? And I don't know. It's just kind of a mess. I, I you would think that like, I don't know, Amari Rogers, like what else is he doing on when, you know, they're on offense. So <laughs> get him in there, I guess. It, it's, it's just weird to see like really dynamic players who are, really just like hard to game plan and like rep at the practice level because of the NFL's like the NFL's such constricted rosters. Um, they're so much smaller than, you know, college football where in the NFL you have, what is it? Like 21 players that you can play on game day on the offensive side of the ball. Cliff Kingsbury had 18 receivers when he was at Texas tech, you know, it, it's just such a different numbers game. <laughs> Um, the, the last story I have, I know someone who was in the uh, Ravens front office. This was after Lamar's first year. He swears to God, half of the front office wanted to sign Eli Manning. Um, if, oh if, if, if Lamar's second year did not go well. Um, that was, that was kind of like their internal plan, I guess. And then Lamar won an MVP. So how, how weird is it to see like a team – that obviously takes credit for like, you know, analytics and all this stuff. And I'm not saying that they, that they shouldn't or anything, but what is it like the, uh, victors like have many parents, like, uh, losers are a bastard son or something like that. I, I can't remember how the <laughs> phrasing goes, but like everyone is taking credit on Lamar Jackson right now. And I know for a fact, half of that front office was not a believer. No, I think that was the same a period of time where I think like guys like Chris Mortensen started reporting uh, kind of similar things. I don't know if they if Eli Manning's name ever got brought up, but kind of, you know, front office, you know, people around the league being skeptical of, the, you know, the long term plans for the Ravens and Lamar. And definitely you have a lot of people trying to take credit. A lot of people love to give credit to Greg Roman for. Uh, what he's done with Lamar. Uh, but then you have, you know, the other side of the coin is, uh, which I am more of, of the mind of, which is someone like Steven Ruiz just today, uh, writing his piece in the ringer about how Greg Roman's offense is actually limiting Lamar by uh, his personnel choices, just stacking the boxes up and uh, not giving him many options in terms of pass concepts. So, I mean, though the only person we can really give credit to for creating Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson and his parents for uh, cr actually cr creating him literally. It, it's so weird. The, 
how frustrating is this offense? Because you watch Greg Roman weekly. I'd, I'd go nuts. They're in the pistol entirely too much for my liking. They're the only team that runs, you know, a 300-pound fullback consistently. And I understand Ricard, like, does some nice things. But living like that and being in the pistol where you're running back, your, your tailback is basically useless, right, in the passing game, in the pistol. And you have a 300-pound running back. Plus you have uh, a tight end on the field. And now you have, like, two – maybe three legitimate pass catchers out there consistently. I understand that they're trying to use Lamar kind of like Kaepernick was used a little bit, I guess is the way to say it. But there have been a lot of evolutions in the option game since then. Like Kyler Murray isn't getting used like Lamar Jackson is right now. Is, Is that frustrating as someone who's like, you know, is invested in Lamar Jackson's, you know, NFL career? It's incredibly frustrating. It's uh, you bring up Kyler Murray. Uh, I think there was a point where I was uh, before he was hired by the Cardinals, where I thought Cliff Kingsbury would be a great idea to bring in as offensive coordinator of the Ravens. I think this was around the time he was leaving Texas Tech uh, and getting hired as <laughs> at USC before he left there. But I mean, it's so they pack the box. They love to use Ricard, like you say, like they barely use. Uh, they're running backs out of the passing game, like you said. And they're, again, it's not just even like using, keeping Mark Andrews on the field. It's like, oh, well, yeah, they have a tight end. It's Mark Andrews. He's one of the best in the league. No, you get a lot of Nick Boyle out there blocking. You get yep. this year, you're getting a lot of Eric Tomlinson and guys like this, you have Josh Oliver. And it's guys that they, they're in there as extra blockers that Greg Roman's really focused on getting this running attack, which, it's not working the same way with without Marshall Yonda, without Ronnie Stanley, without Orlando Brown, and without Nick Bo- Nick Boyle's been injured a lot of the year. And then you go into you're without Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. It's funny actually. Last year when Nick Boyle got injured, uh, they didn't have these extra tight ends that they had all throughout you know the preseason training camp like Oliver and Tomlinson, and they they went and they shifted to a more spread out you know kind of spread run attack uh getting jk dobbins out you know kind of more horizontally and he was able to use his speed and quickness and get out and the running game and the team as a whole on offense started to really thrive through that through that period towards the the back half of last year going into the playoffs and he's just completely gone away from it now and you know there's been you know, they don't have Dobbins to run that offense with. And it's the same, it's not the same with Devontae Freeman or Latavius Murray or Le'Veon Bell when they had him. But still, they've kind of, Greg Roman's reverted to what he knows is stacking, you know, playing in a phone booth with all these extra blockers, make sure that the running game can get going. He wants, he really loves to establish it. But then it really hurts your play, your, uh, your passing attack with the, he has the, all these really, simple reductive concepts that don't make sense the routes don't seem to line up a lot of times guys just seem like they are you know out there just kind of they're like go out there and find some space out there like hollywood brown or or sammy Watkins. just like find some find an opening your route is go get open and like 10 yards down the field five yards down the field and there's just the the passing offense at its core is rotten The other thing, too, is it's not like they're not investing 
in wide receivers. Uh, Green Bay Packers fans, you know, close your ears real quick. Cover your ears. So we're just going to talk about uh, wide receiver investments. But 2019, they drafted Marquise Brown, uh, Hollywood Brown. In the first round, they drafted Miles Boykins. Um, in the third, 2020, they drafted uh, Devin Duvernay. In the third, 2021, Rashad Bateman in the first, Tylen Wallace in the fourth. And then they signed uh, Sammy Watkins as a free agent too. So it's you have like six wide receivers on the roster who in theory are being paid to produce. And, and it's, only it's two of not, them are getting on the field at a time. It's it's not like these guys have these investments haven't worked out the way they they wanted to. Like Hollywood Brown has his drops still, but you know, he's had his struggles over the last couple of years. But this year, Hollywood Brown has been good. He has found his speed again. He's been making uh, plays after the catch. Rashad Bateman already looks like he's living up to expectations. He is really good, like especially last week, a couple of the catches he was making. And Devin Duvernay, I think they should even be using him more than they they do also. Like on you know jet sweep, uh, stuff like this, just getting the ball in his hands. He is an electric playmaker with his speed. And it's, and, you know, Sammy Watkins is maybe the only one that's been disappointing, partially because of injuries. But and you know Miles Boykin hasn't quite worked out either. But they have plenty of options. They're just not using them on the field. Let's talk about this offense just in general. So Nick Boyle did not practice today. Was limited yesterday. Um, we're recording this on a Thursday. Uh, he has a knee injury. Hollywood Brown has an illness. Uh, did not practice today, but practiced the day before. Lamar Jackson has not practiced um, with with that angle injury. Uh, Patrick McCarry, who I believe is coming off of the bench, is that correct? Has a hand injury and he's limited. Tyree Phillips, their uh, you know swing guard tackle, has an illness, has not been practicing. Ben Powers, their third round pick offensive lineman, has a foot injury, has not been practicing. Patrick Ricard <laughs> has a back and knee, did not practice the last two days. Alejandro Villanueva, who is I think he was forced into the starting lineup when Ronnie Stanley. Uh, went down, has a knee injury, is not practicing. So he went from he went from right tackle to left tackle when Stanley got hurt, and Makari came in at right tackle. At least Makari isn't snapping anymore. Is oh, go my, on. my only thought. Um, those rocket ball. I I've I have never seen a worse center depth chart than last year's Ravens, where they had two guys at center who could not snap. That was amazing. That was rough. There there was a time. What was it? It was the second pouncy. I can't remember which pouncy it was. There was one pouncy. He was at center for Florida. He got drafted, went to the league, and then the other the other pouncy moved to center the next year. That's the only other time at, at the University of Florida, and he was just you know rocket snapping the entire year. That's the only time I've seen any center long term situation like be that bad as as bad as the Ravens. So this off this offense is banged up. Like, is there any hope? Yeah, is, is there any hope? Is this line too low? So I say seven, seven points is what it, it'll probably creep back up to if Lamar for sure is out. If Lamar uh, is like a game time decision, it'll probably still hang around like five, five and a half until game time. Would you take the Packers in that situation then based off of how we're talking about this offense? Yeah, man, like a one touchdown, a one touchdown loss with Tyler Huntley especially would be uh, very promising in my mind, like very optimistic because like, like you mentioned, it's not just uh, Greg Roman's like pass a passing offense. And, you know, have, even if you have your backup quarterback in there, even with Lamar, it's, it'll be rough. It's this offensive line 
is absolutely no nothing compared to what it was two years ago. Like we mentioned, Ronnie Stanley went out. Alejandro Villanueva had to go from right tackle to left tackle, and they had to bring in Patrick McCary, who was a center. They moved him out to right tackle. Uh, he was a tackle in college, though. He played left tackle. Then McCary has gone down with an injury. So now they're playing Tyree Phillip, uh, uh, who was the right guard last year as a rookie. Now he's moved who, out. Who knows how to, to right illness? Yes. So he was. He went from playing right guard next to uh, Orlando Brown to now being the third string right tackle at Ben Ben Powers at left guard, uh, who they've kind of tried to get Ben Cleveland, uh, the rookie, in a little bit. Ben Powers has not been good. Villanueva has not been good. Kevin Zeitler and Bradley Bozeman at, at uh, right guard and center at least have been playing well. Mercari, when he's been in at right tackle, has been playing well. But when you've got Phillips out there, Villanueva, Powers, especially if they're banged up, you know, Bozeman's been banged up a little bit. So, I mean, that's another part of the reason that Roman keeps, you know, only giving Rashad Bateman 40% of the snaps in a game like he did against Pittsburgh is because the offensive line is in the condition that it is that he needs, he feels the need to bring in, you know, guys as extra blockers. And this is going to be an interesting test to see how Green Bay handles the option defensively, no matter who starts at quarterback. Because they just basically the, the way the way that they line up, they don't allow explosives. So unless they unless the Ravens go like spread real early, like uh, the Arizona Cardinals did against the Packers, where the Packers were basically uh, in their three safety dime look um, the entire game, I would expect Green Bay to kind of match wide receivers with cornerbacks. Just keep loading the box, play out of too high, have the safeties fit the alleys. They have Amos and Savage who can both come downhill and play that kind of style of football. Um, they've done a pretty good job this year about limiting explosives. Like this isn't close to the Mike Penton style defense. So it'll be interesting to see just, you know, are, are you squeezing uh, blood out of a rock at that point? Like blood out of a stone? Because um, there's not really... <laughs> There's not really that much to get out of the Packers run defense. I mean, the whole way that they're structured is you're not going to get explosive runs on us. We're going to force things to the edge. We're going to stack bodies in the inside of the field. Um, so our safeties come down and nail down and, and we have Devondre Campbell playing sideline to sideline. And those are kind of like the guys who rack up tackles. So you can get like three yards on this defense consistently, but what you can't do is pop a 15 yarder off whenever you want, you know? Yeah, the, I mean, that's the kind of the strategy the teams have been using against the Ravens in general. Like, uh, that's what DMPs basically went to in the playoff game that what went uh, so poorly for them two years ago after that MP MVP season. They're bringing safeties down to the box, running a lot of that cover to invert. And, I mean, with Tyler Huntley, not only just, you know, the, are you going to have less explosive runs probably, but you're also not going to get as much in the pass game either. Because, you know, Tyler Huntley's a lot of his, his uh, a lot of the plays that Roman's been running with him in hasn't been too much down the field. So it's been occasionally, you know, he had a couple of deep balls that were made. Uh, Rashad Bateman made great catches on uh, last week, but I'll, most of it has been the short game. So it hasn't I don't expect a lot of explosiveness in general from the Ravens, if uh, Huntley's in the game, especially. It sounds like. I mean, the Ravens might run the ball, but like not even to move the th just like, hey, let's let Aaron Rodgers have fewer possessions. How about how about we don't have to score 40 points to tie this ball game or something? Oh, like yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, let's take a break real quick, and then we'll talk about the defense. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we're back. So relatively, the defense is kind of healthier, uh, at least on like the injury report, than the offense. Um, Calais Campbell is the big one. He's a, he, he didn't practice the first two days of this week uh, with a thigh injury. What I will say, Chuck Clark just went on the uh, COVID reserve. He's their starting safety. He was the last preferred starter left in the Ravens secondary. So the Packers are essentially playing a, a completely backup secondary. This is also not looking good for the Baltimore Ravens, Dylan. Not great, Bob. Um, I mean, it's Anthony Averett is your number one corner now. Uh, Chris Westry is your number two outside. You still have Tavon Young as your nickel corner, who has been the starter uh, at that spot the whole year. But, I mean, again, Deshaun Elliott, he's done for the year. Chuck Clark is on the, is on the COVID list. Marlon Humphrey just tore his, his pectoral muscle last week. Uh, Marcus Peters tore his, his ACL before the season. Uh, it's, it's rough out there. And I'm not looking forward to the Anthony Averett, Devontae Adams matchup this week. Because, l- listen, there's been talk of, like, a lot of people have been giving Anthony Averett credit for how he's played this year. And I haven't really seen it, honestly. Like, he gets targeted a lot. And, you know, he's been graded highly in, like, his red zone, his red zone defenses by, like, PFF. And, uh, you know, of all the issues I have with PFF, this is one of them, I'd say. But I, I just – I haven't seen it with Averitt. And I think Devontae Adams is going to expose that on Sunday. Averitt's definitely an NFL player. Um, he's going to oh, bounce yeah. around in the league for a long time. But, I, yeah, I wouldn't say he's had a – he's a below-average starter in my opinion. Chris Westry, too, um, missed Wednesday's practice with a knee injury and was limited on Thursday. So he's probably not even going to be full strength. They're going to get eaten, Dylan. They're going to get eaten by Devontae. Devontae is going to see them and see lunch. Um, One thing uh, Mercedes Lewis said today, he said, uh, it's a two-chin strap game. You know, the assumption being, you know, the Ravens, they've always been this hard-nosed defense. They're going to hit you. Um, they're going to make it tough on you. But at some point, I just wonder if they have the horses. You know, like when Tua comes in and Tua off the bench injured on a Thursday night game can come in and just rip you guys down the field. 
and two is not that type of a quarterback. And now you're going against Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams, with the speed of MVS, with the strength of Alan Lazard. That's a, that's a tough matchup to me. I think that's where the game is won, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's definitely like you've got you're going to be able to get some pressure uh, with, especially if uh, Wink Martindale wants to dial up some more blitzes. He's been kind of dialing that back this year, but with all the injuries, especially now with Marlon Humphrey uh, gone for the year, I I would assume that they'll try to uh, dial up some more blitzes here and there to try to. Uh, give the secondary less time that they have to cover uh, against a team like the Packers. I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but in general, yeah, it's, it's going to be a big day uh, for anyone who has Devonte Adams on uh, their fantasy team. Um, should be noted uh, Aaron Jones um, missed practice on Thursday due to an illness. Uh, I know we brought that up in the beginning of the podcast, but Worth noting again, as we talk about the offensive versus uh, Ravens defense matchup, Dominic Dafty has not practiced, um, though it was reported on Wednesday that he was practicing like in the, the media open session, um, which seems a little weird. Uh, Rodgers hasn't practiced. Equinamus St. Brown, uh, the wide receiver, is going to be uh, – he's in concussion protocol. He's still not practicing. And then Billy Turner seems like he's working out a little, but he's not practicing. Um, that's the Packers right tackle. So, like, Dennis Kelly came in last week. Um, for Billy Turner, he got reps at right tackle. It seems like their backup situation this week is going to be Ben Braden for all those following at home. Uh, wish Josh Nyman at left tackle in this Bakhtiari for whatever reason can get real ramped up real quick. Um, in the next couple of days, I think their offense is fine despite you know the injuries. I I think this is one where if the Ravens want to run the ball and make it a short game. How about let's make it a short game and let's get out of this game quick. I, I, I think that's the one saving grace for the Ravens kind of covering this week. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens run defense has been playing pretty well this year, especially lately. Uh, like Patrick Queen was off to a pretty rough start to start the year. But uh, after like about the first quarter of the season, he's been able to pick it up. Uh, they got when they brought back Josh Bynes, uh, he really seemed to kind of stabilize the linebacking core. And really, it, from there, they've been playing the run pretty well. And uh, you know, once they've gotten you know healthy, they're rel- they've been relatively healthy up front with uh, Campbell and uh, Brandon Williams and Justin Matabuike, who's been had having a pretty good year. I believe his second year. Uh, and I mean, Adafe Owe and Justin Houston can play the run pr- relatively well. Owe, of course, is like just this freakish athlete that can cover so much ground that he really helps things out in the run game. Do you, do you think it's – okay, so I think this is funny. So, Owe was a guy I, – I, I did the front seven write-ups for Bleacher Report during draft season. So, I watched all those guys. I think I watched all but, like, five guys who were drafted um, for, for, like, defensive front seven. So, that's, like, linebackers, defensive ends, defensive tackles. Owe was a guy I was a little lower on just because he wasn't – he wasn't developed period. Like I I understand why you would take him in the first round. I personally probably wouldn't have done it. Um, at least not without like getting to know the guy. I I think a lot with the developmental guys, like how they're wired, I think decides a lot of that. So it's kind of tough to kind of evaluate those guys from afar. Owe had two co-defensive coordinators in college. Neither of them developed him. 
neither of them had Micah Parsons playing the right position. And they have since both gotten head coaching jobs at the college football level. <laughs> that seems weird, right? Like there's bad process there somewhere. I mean, this is a story of football uh, coaches in general is failing upwards. So not surprising. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. So outside of OA, OA, you know, he's just a freak athlete. Like if you hold on to the ball long enough, he's going to come zooming around the corner at some point and just clock you. Um, obviously, Brandon Williams has been a great nose tackle for, for years. Calais Campbell. I mean, if Calais isn't a Pro Bowl, if he isn't a Hall of Famer, he's pretty damn close, especially in this era where we're seeing, you know, interior defensive linemen like outside of like Donald and like Kenny Clark and I guess like Grady Jarrett. Like there's just not that many penetrating defensive tackles who are like putting up big stats. Um, who else is getting after the passer? Is like, does do the edges really have that much? And I'm like, how much juice does Justin Houston still have in the tank? Justin Houston has been pretty good this year, actually. Like, I kind of didn't expect him to be too much, but he's pre- he's been their best pass rusher. Uh, he's been, I would call him like an above average guy. He's still he's still able to uh, do it pretty well. Him and Owe, Owe is a big you know effort motor guy. Uses that athleticism, like you said. If you hold you hold on to the ball long enough, he'll he can end up getting back to your back back there to you. Tyus Bowser has also been pretty pretty good for them. He also plays really well in coverage. Like I think. Yeah, that's uh, always been the thing with him. That, that he was so weird at Houston because they were kind of in the. I think was it. I can't remember who the defensive coordinator was, but it was one of the guys who started the tight front, which is basically like, we're just going to have a four man box. And like our three, four outside linebackers are also going to play the slot. So like Tyus Bowser really didn't get that many opportunities to rush the passer at Houston in the AAC. He was playing in the slot all the time. He he was kind of like, uh, if, if you liked Dion Jordan, when he was coming out, at Oregon, this was your second shot at getting Deion Jordan, but like at a much cheaper price, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and they signed Bowser to I think this past offseason to a three or four year contract at only like maybe five million a year. He's he's that's a really good bargain for them because he's been he's not a guy who's gonna play every every down and uh be this great pass rusher, but the way he plays in coverage and he can rush the passer the rush the passer well enough to where, I mean, he's well worth uh, putting out there on the field. So he's been a great investment for them. All right, let's get your game prediction. I guess we already touched on it. You're, you're taking the Packers here on the, the point spread. Right now it's at five. Yeah, minus, minus five, definitely. I have to think that the, the Packers can cover that with probably with or without Lamar, if I had to honestly say. I agree. The one big thing about the bets now is like you almost have to like place them at game time because of all these, all the COVID, man. I yeah, mean, I mean there's three teams that have 15 guys out and guys are dropping like flies every day. I mean, yeah, and honestly, I'm surprised that the, the Ravens haven't had more uh, so far. It's just Chuck Clark today. I mean, more might be coming. I think there was another like another practice squad guy or something that ended up on the list uh like a day or two ago but considering that they're coming off of playing the browns who apparently just spent the last week all uh spitting in each other's mouths it seems like that uh i mean i'm surprised it's only chuck clark so far really and we'll see what happens for the rest of the week uh go ahead and plug all your stuff plug uh highly disputed yes yeah, so you can follow me on twitter at villain bishop 
you can follow my podcast that I do at my uh, college campus radio station, Highly Disputed. You can follow that at Disputed Highly. Uh, if you're interested in our takes on the NFL, college football, NBA, I mean, NBA. Uh, and then we heavily focus also on our local, local school, who uh, is going to have the D2 Player of the Year this year, Tyson Bajan. Perhaps a future XFL player in the uh, the rocks the rocks XFL if uh, if nothing more if nothing more at least. Well, you can spell something cooking. Yes. Hey, you you also got to cover what was it back to back Hail Mary wins in a playoff game for Shepard. Oh man, I got put on that. That was on like Sports Center and all sorts of stuff. Oh yeah, that was it. Made the number the second one made the number two play on Sports Center. Uh, I know Bill Connolly's been been a. Uh, shouting that out when it's been happening yeah there was a uh, what was it the regional finals which would be the quarterfinals in the ncaa tournament and the round of 16 before that had a touchdown of about 25 yards with one second left on the clock and then they followed that up with uh with a hail a legit hail mary of about 40 yards to end the game uh both after giving up touchdowns with less than 45 seconds left so i mean the dude's a stud, Tyson Bajan from the from Martinsburg High School in West Virginia. That's won uh, at least eight of the last ten uh, state championships here. So I mean, the dude's a stud. He's got another year left in him too. He can win back to back. Small school player of the year, man. D two dynasty. Thanks for the time, Dylan. Thank you, Justice. More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement.